What's up, everyone? Welcome to Luke's Mind Power. This podcast is produced to enlighten, inspire, motivate, and move you into your power place. Your mind is powerful, and when you connect it with your heart, you become superpowered. That is why I believe that loving yourself is the secret to success and living your dreams. I'm your host, Luke Mindpower. Let's begin. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Luke's Mind Power. So great to have you with us today. I have a really amazing, empowering woman with me today. Her name is Marsha, and she is a leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, host of the Hustler's Guide to Flow podcast. She's a female empowerment enthusiast and conscious mother of two. Marsha transformed her life to overcome adversity, being born into poverty, adoption, and drug addiction to build her career and business while nurturing her love and family life. She's also an international best-selling author, and I can truly appreciate the work that she does. Myself growing up in a family with four women, I understand the energy and benevolence needed to maintain the nature of being a woman in today's society. Marsha is a game changer and a gladiator, here to empower and guide women into their greatness. So please help me in welcoming Marsha. Oh, thank you so much. I absolutely love that intro. That was awesome. <laughs> it's great. It's great to have you on the podcast, Marsha. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. And I really look forward to the conversation. Thank you. It's honestly a pleasure. And thank you for allowing me to share my message on your platform. Yeah, absolutely. So there's some powerful stuff that I already mentioned about you going through poverty, adoption and drug addiction. You know, that's uh, there's a lot of darkness there. I see a lot of pain. And I know a lot of people who are still walking around with scars or unhealed parts of themselves who have gone through uh, similar experiences. Uh, what, what, how, how, how hard was it for you to, to heal yourself from those? And and what did you actually go through? Yeah, great question. So I think it was challenging for sure. Like, I'm not going to lie and say it was like a walk in the park. It definitely wasn't, you know, but I think that's part of the human experience. We came here to experience you know, a wide range of experiences and emotions and all of that. And so for me, you know, being born into poverty, experiencing all different kinds of abuse, and then being adopted and moved to another country where I couldn't speak the language and I looked different from everyone, you know, that was really challenging, but I always wanted to put on a brave face. So my healing really didn't begin to happen until I was probably in my late 20s because I thought, okay, I have left a really traumatic environment. I should be grateful. And I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. They've experienced trauma in their past and they're like, yeah, but my life is better now. So I should just be grateful. Or we get into that um, mindset of just trying to be positive all the time. And we don't allow and give room for those really unpleasant feeling emotions. We don't give ourselves space to heal because we think we should be looking at things with rose colored glasses. And that is false. That is actually preventing your healing. So when I decided to get real with myself about the pain and the trauma that I had been through, only then did I begin to heal. And to be honest, I don't think you ever fully heal. Um, and that's not to deter anyone, but that is just so that you, you don't think that there's anybody walking around that's a fully healed person that you should be aspiring to. 
people that are living abundant lives right now, regardless of what they look like on the outside, they might have all the shiny things, but they're also on their healing journey. And so once we come to accept that the healing is never really fully complete, that it happens in layers and that when you're ready for the next layer, it will, it will evolve and it will come and you will be ready for it then that path to healing really becomes a lot easier. And so I feel in the last couple of months, I've done a, a lot of really deep healing, um, some more deeper stuff than the superficial of like forgiving yourself and forgiving others and rewriting your past and all of that, but really going in and allowing myself to experience those really heavy, low, dense emotions of grief and sadness and rage of what happened in my life when I was a child and I was able to release those from my body. So I think, yeah, I don't think I'm fully healed. I don't want to give people a false idea that there's like this finish line, but the more healing you do, the more incredible your life is. And you don't have to wait until you're fully healed to live an amazing life. Like I believe I was living an amazing life before my last, you know, couple of months of healing, I had an amazing life. But when I stepped into the darkness again and allowed myself to go there emotionally and heal, then my life becomes even more bright. So how can we, I guess, let people understand more about what healing actually is? And, you know, I know for myself that, you know, through my healing journey, I've given a lot of attention. Again, you know, I know that you're, you're very passionate and you work with emotional intelligence. And so that's something that I've had to tap into and understand, especially with my triggers, especially with my reactions and the way that I feel at certain points when I'm in a conversation with someone or when someone says something to me that doesn't make me feel content or safe, makes me feel uncomfortable. And so me having to address those emotions, because a lot of people suppress their emotion, emotions. So is that what you mean when you say healing? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge you for having that self-awareness to even know that you're being triggered. Because I think that is a very important step. Like a lot of us are in this victim mode where we think that people are doing things to us and this is why I'm feeling this way. But you very accurately said that, you know, you're in conversations and someone triggers you and that's exactly it. So the external environment triggers us and that triggering, what that's triggering is that wounded child within us. And that's why we respond in ways that retrospectively, we're like, why did I lash out? Why did I get so angry? I'm not usually like that. It's because that person or that situation or thing triggered that wounded child within you. So in regards to the healing, healing to me is returning to wholeness. You know, when we were born in this world, we were whole. We were divinely present. We were divinely just a divine little being that was so pure and innocent mm. and weren't self-conscious and we didn't have triggers and we, we were a blank slate of pure white light in my opinion and then we go through life and whether it's unconscious parents or caretakers or things that happen at school things happen in our lives to to make us feel separated from our wholeness and we begin to question our worthiness and we begin to be self-conscious and all these little things that happen on the outside start to chip away from this feeling of 
wholeness. So to me, wholeness is removing all that BS, that toxic programming, that those layers of pain and hurt that you went through as a child in your adolescence and adult life and, and peeling those away to reveal that divine little being within. To me, that's healing. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, and stuff. I think, yeah, and I think oh, what you were saying in regards to the emotional intelligence, I think that comes in in terms of once you've done that deep healing of recognizing what your core wounds were, like what were those major wounds in your childhood that are re-triggered every time someone does this or someone speaks to you like that or whatever, or you feel powerless in a situation, whatever it is, it's once you recognize that and you work to heal that, then the emotional intelligence is exactly what you were saying. It's, it's being able to manage those triggers on a day-to-day. So you can do, deal, do all that healing work, but then if you don't have the emotional intelligence to be aware of your emotions, feel and understand what they feel like in your body, be able to recognize them, have techniques to calm yourself down, then that healing, that deep healing you did is not going to be sustainable unless you have a skill set to do those day-to-day things of maintaining um, your emotions and and for the most part, feeling good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Let's let's look at this uh, saying that I have, and it's don't expect you from others, mm. right? And as much as I'd like to be so aware and, and so conscious of every single conversation that I have with people, as much as I want to be content, as much as I want to be whole, as much as I want to be confident in my own skin and... Uh, not allow anybody's opinion or words to hurt me somehow, some way there's always something that comes up. And I know that the healing journey, it's an ongoing journey, but at the same time, not everybody thinks the way you do. Not Mm -hmm. everybody has the same awareness and the same perception and the same beliefs as you do. Some words mean they may sound the same, but they're used in different contexts and they come out differently. It doesn't necessarily mean the person's having a go at you, but that's how it feels to you because that's something that you experienced when you were a child and still holds, uh, you know, strong within you, you know? And so that's, that's also a challenge as well. So it's not, sometimes it's not actually the person's fault. It's just the way that they've been raised and what they went through. And that's how they express themselves. How do you see that? I love that. I I absolutely love that. Don't expect you from someone else. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, it kind of reminds me of the Wayne Dyer quotes, like, um, we don't see the world as it is, we see the world as we are. And so we go, go through our life kind of projecting on other people's. And this is what I think causes so much conflict is that we have a very low ability or desire to empathize with the other person. Like we just automatically assume that everybody has the same worldview as us. Mm. And when we begin to look at that, our brothers and sisters as, you know, and recognize their trauma and recognize that they've been through pain and that there's, that experiences in their life has accumulated to them being in this certain way. Like, for example, like if there is just someone in your life that's just always angry and it's just, 
it triggers you because you're just over here trying to have a positive life and you're just trying to have like, you know, really great conversations with this person and they just can't seem to participate in a positive way and they just bring a lot of negativity. You know, it's really easy right there to be triggered by that and no judgment on the person being triggered. But if we really want to step into our divine selves and our highest selves, we could look at that person and we can see beneath the anger that there's maybe sadness there that we can begin to imagine even if we don't know them enough to know their traumas is what that person had been through to make them the way they are. And um, I think that that's a skill that a lot of us, we, we could probably have more of. I know I catch myself being triggered by people. And I really have to pull back and be like, okay, hold up, Mars. Like, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they've been through. And when we can, yeah, just start accepting people for who they are and looking at them with love and compassion and really holding our vibration, because that's what it is. That's the work. It's holding your vibration. Mm. It's how well can you hold your vibration around people that are so low vibe that it triggers the f out of you mm -hmm. like if you can hold your vibe and high then then you're you're on a path to mastery yeah absolutely it is trying to hold that you know i like to say high altitude that i live on uh because mm -hmm. there are people that will try to dim your light and bring you bring you down you know so uh, it takes a lot of work and it's an ongoing journey, you know, but, uh, but the more that you put in, you know, I say the more that you give, the more that you get. Uh, mm -hmm. So absolutely. But yeah, you, you mentioned, um, you know, poverty adoption and drug addiction, as I mentioned, those are really, uh, you know, dark places to, to be and to have gone through, but how does it feel uh, now um, where you're at in your life to have gone through that adoption? Have you been able to now go back and, and connect with your, uh, your original parents? Oh, great question. I, it's so funny. Um, I actually wrote an open letter to my birth mother yesterday, which I posted and that was really healing in itself. And yeah, you know, the adoption was, How it old was tough. You? I was five. Okay. So I wasn't a baby. And interestingly, I actually don't have memory of my first five years, which from a psychology perspective that really indicates significant trauma so you like disassociate a lot sometimes you re you remove yourself from your body you like leave your body this is what happens with sexual trauma and things like that and so i didn't have memory so i just thought you know i moved to this new country i had a new mom had to learn to speak English. I was in survival mode. Like I had no time to mourn my family. I had no time to feel sorry for myself. Like I was just trying to like get by and make friends and live a life that I thought I really should be grateful for. So, I mean, that was really challenging. And for many years, I didn't want to acknowledge that. And then when I was about like 18, maybe a bit younger, I started to really party and um, be around really, you know, not healthy environments, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol. So um, it was you that was, you were actually addicted to drugs or was it your environment that was the addiction? Yeah, no, I was, I okay. was like cokehead. <laughs> 
and um, yeah, I w drank a lot and obviously smoking weed, it wasn't really for me, but Coke, yeah, that was my thing because it gave me confidence. It gave me energy. It, you know, it's, it's a completely, anybody who has tried Coke knows, knows why it's so highly addictive. And um, yeah, so that became my escape. And really that was me, like retrospectively, I can see that that was me numbing that pain. Cause I think I started maybe having questions about my family and my identity. You know, I'm Latina, but I don't speak Spanish. I was raised by an Aussie white woman. Like I was so disconnected from my culture, but then my culture was all around me in Toronto, uh, Canada. And so I didn't really fit in. And so it was my way of numbing myself and and so it was it was a great way to numb actually i just forgot about everything and i was like living my life and it was great for a period of time until you know you you do hit a rock bottom if if you um stick with it long enough and that's what happened with me you know i, I found myself living with a heroin addict um and ODing, and i prayed that night because i honestly thought it was my last night i thought i was gonna die and I prayed and I said, God, if you give me one more chance, I will never do this again. Um, because I realized I was, I was throwing my life away. Like everything that my birth mother sacrificed to have me adopted and everything my adopted mother did to give me a good life, I was throwing it away. And after that night, I called my mom who was in Australia. So I was still living in Toronto. My mom was in Australia and I said, I'm, I'm coming to Australia. And we booked a ticket and... I never did drugs again. So um, yeah, and then from then though, like it wasn't that like that began my healing journey. It was it was incremental. You know, I went, started university and I'd started really getting into personal development and that was a layer of healing. And then so each step was like another layer. But yeah, it was, it's something that I feel I'm in a really great place now with my adoption but it was a it was quite a long journey and it was definitely painful at times yeah for sure and how long were you uh using cocaine for like destructively like every single day it would have been less than a year maybe like eight months or something but before okay. that it was you know weekends partying yeah, yeah you know yeah. It and it became my life. Like at yep. the end, it was all over my apartment and it was uh, dangerous at that point. Well, look, before we get censored for, for talking about uh, drugs and all this kind of stuff, and we'll talk about <laughs> censorship, but, um, you know, I, re I really relate to, to your story a lot because I was unconsciously addicted to cocaine for six years, I think, like on and off. But it was just, it was the, the it was my go-to. It was, you know, every single time I would drink an, a drink of alcohol, I wanted, I wanted to have a line of cocaine. Like I had mm -hmm. to have a bag with me if I was going to drink. Or if I didn't have it with me, that would be the first thing that I would be thinking about as soon as I would have a drink, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah, it was just like, you couldn't just peacefully sit and have a drink of vodka and coke or whatever it is, or vodka and dry and, and not feel like you wanted to have a line. Uh, and Absolutely. so I, it also became an addiction to, to, to sex as well. And to just want to uh, do that if I was with uh, a girl, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and again, like you said, it was, it was about escaping and mm -hmm. 
it was something that later on also just became uh, I got lost in it because I was like actually giving it out to my friends because I got sick and tired of having to order it from people. So I was like, well, I'm just going to buy a lot of it. So I've got it at my house and that way that I don't have to, uh, you know, get it from others, you know? So it was so readily available for me that I was, I was weak and, and I would just do it, you know, after having a long day at work, uh, you know, doing two jobs, I would convince myself that I deserve it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's great that well, you were able-, being able to hold down a job and stuff while doing it. Like, but I, but I, I see how you got trapped in it too, because you felt like you were still functioning. You were like, oh, Hey, that's, I'm yeah. Gonna- well, that's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is why my, uh, my, I mean, my ego was, was there, but that's why I was convincing myself that I had everything in order and I was okay Mm -hmm. because I was managing to work two jobs, still making decent money, but I was still lost in that world as well. And, and a friend reached out to me as well. I was like, man, are you okay? I was like, man, I'm, I'm sweet. Right. Because I was, I had it all. I was holding it together somehow, you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to reflect on that, but I just say from what you went through, and how you actually stopped because a lot of people have to take it to rehab. They have to go see a therapist. They have to go see a specialist, a a psychologist or a counselor or someone to help them overcome this addiction. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so you were able to just make a phone call, take massive radical action and say, enough is enough. I'm out. And and it's exactly what I did as well. Yeah. And, And just to add more context to that, it was like, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm lucky because yes, I made a really big leap to say I'm booking a ticket to Australia, but like a lot of people don't have that escape. Right. So I think the environment plays a huge role. Like I have friends that are still so in the coke game right now and I have no judgment for them because they didn't get to escape. Their families are all in proximity. Like all their old friends are Mm -hmm. all there. I can see how you could be pulled back to that lifestyle. So I am so like empathetic and understanding of people who find it so hard to get out because I feel like if I didn't have Australia to go to where my mom and my sister were, like I was the only one left in Toronto. Like I was there partying, like ruining my life and being nuts. But like my base and my like home was had already moved to Australia. So Mm. I was so fortunate that I had someone to go to and that my sister was just such a, she, she was just such a force in my life that she was encouraging me. Like I had an incredible support system in Australia. Um, Whereas if I didn't have that, like, I don't know what would have happened. I probably would have had to go to rehab because it's, it was just too tempting. Cause to be honest, that night when I was like overdosing, wasn't like the first time I, I wanted to quit. Like there was times along the way that I'd be clubbing and, and I had some friends who that didn't do it. And I would tell them before, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm stopping. I'm not doing it anymore. Like I'm all good now. And they're like, oh, okay. And just as you said, like, I could not help myself. Like I'd be in the club, I'd have a drink and it's like, where is it? And I would find a way to have it. Um, and then same thing as you were saying, like, 
I thought I was being super smart because I was like, okay, if I have a lot and, and my boyfriend had a, access to a lot of it and I was like, if I have it a lot, then I can like sell it to my friends and it'll be super easy. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I was like, oh, I'll have a little align here or there, but I'll be making money. So this is like so amazing. And it's like, no, that's not what ended up happening. What ended up happening, it was at my house. And so I would just get high all day. Yep. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was just so crazy. So I do totally empathize if anybody that's listening is still like, oh, like getting angry with themselves because they just can't break that cycle. Be gentle with yourself. You are doing the best you can. And each time that you decide to stop, like congratulate yourself. And every time you fall down again, just, just liken it to like a child that's like learning to walk. Mm-hmm. If they fall, don't you wouldn't scold them so same thing with you we need to have that same compassion and empathy that we would have for a small child on ourselves when we f up because that's who's effing up not the divine person the whole person that you are but that wounded little child within you is the one that's making a mistake Mm. if you can try to envision yourself as that wounded little child that person that little that little child needs to be picked up and cuddled and told that it's okay not scolded because no, we can't scold people into alignment. We can't ridicule and judge people into alignment. We love people into alignment. So yeah, that's absolutely. what I um, Yeah, who's still on that journey and who still feels like they can't get out yet. Yeah, well, for, for the first part of my healing journey, when I, when I stopped, you know, yeah, there was, um, again, I was definitely a lot, living a lot more in my ego than, than my heart. You know, I, I wasn't as grounded as I am now. Uh, and, and when I say that, I mean, you know, I still, because I was able to do it, because I was able to go, that's it, I quit, I stop, I'm, I'm better than this, I want more, and I'm out. And so because I was able to do that, then I would see others who maybe were still involved in that, and I couldn't understand why they couldn't stop. I'm like, man, if you stop this, it will transform your life. Like stop escaping. But again, exactly what you said, you know, now where I'm at and how much I've grown and and how much I've healed my inner child and given myself that validation, that attention, that love that, you know, I so desperately was seeking from others. uh, I'm able to have that empathy and just to know that, you know what, everyone is in their own journey and everyone's in their own lane and they have to go through this. Uh, And yeah, Mm -hmm. having empathy is huge to, to exactly what you said, you know, to, to know that, you know, you're, you're just learning to walk and you're going to learn the lesson will keep showing up until you learn it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I, I had similar things like girls can probably relate to this with your friend that won't break up with that guy. Yeah. You know, it's, like you can see what's wrong and she's told you everything that's wrong with that relationship. And this goes, I mean, I'm saying girl, but it could be guy, you know, yep. I know guys yep. that have been, in, in you know really toxic relationships and you're just like why doesn't he leave like she's so bad for him and it's the same it's the same thing like there's a reason they're staying and like there's a wounded piece of them that is that there's like that entanglement um with that other person they are connected by their wounds right now and that that can be a hard thing to break and so I agree with you The the more we can be, you know, compassionate with those around us, like that's how we bring them into the light. Do you think that Just there's like, a, a fear of being alone? Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I, I think for sure. And then there's also, there could be the other person saying like, 
no one will ever love you like I do. Like I've had that in relationships where uh, a boyfriend said to me, like, no one is ever going to love you like me. Now, as a <laughs> mature woman, that sounds ludicrous to me now. But at the time, it was like, oh, my gosh, can nobody else love me the way that he does? And yeah. even though he was extremely abusive. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that. And I've worked with women, coached women that are want to separate from their partner. And I never would ever encourage someone to leave a marriage or break up a relationship because that's not a coach's decision at all. Um, we can't even give an opinion on that. We just need to ask deep questions. But some of the the fear for these women are like, who's going to want me now? I have kids or I'm too old or all the good ones are taken and all of that. And so they are, they're afraid to be alone. They think that, and so they would rather stay with a pain, but it's better a pain they know than the unknown, right? So they stay in a situation that that feels terrible for them, but at least it's terror they know. They don't know. People are too scared of the the unknown that they would rather stay in pain, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's well, you're living in your comfort zone. And, and once you understand, you know, where you're comfortable for you to, to make a change, especially when it's a relationship that you've invested in, it's a life that you've invested in over so many years, for you to even think of contemplating a change is so stressful and you can't even see on the other side that uh, what that possibly could, you know, mean what, what could happen. Uh, but yeah, it's a fear. And so, yeah, it's to say that if you are going through uh, a situation where you're not content and you feel something's off, you know, I always say, give your best shot for the next six months, do your best to fix it. Communication is key. And if you mm -hmm. can't, then you've got to go and you've got to move towards that fear because that fear is that, that, that thing that's going to set you free. And it's the thing that you're afraid of that, uh, you know, is, is the, the new life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but let's talk about censorship. You know, we, we've been talking about this uh, prior and mm -hmm. uh, I know that during this time now, there's a lot going on with social media, there's a lot going on with the higher powers and, uh, you know, trying to control information and all that kind of stuff. And I've seen some things be censored with uh, Brian Rose and his London real platform. And so he's taken a lot of his content onto his website so that uh, people can actually access the information because some of his uh, videos on YouTube have been censored and taken down. And even I shared a few of his stuff on uh, my Facebook page and I even saw that Facebook took it down. So I'm very well aware of what's going on. So I don't know whether they've got their eyes on me, but um, yeah, it's very easy also to, to get lost in that world of what is going on because there's a lot of information out there now that's on both mm -hmm. sides and given the, the state of the world right now uh, you know, it's, it's, it's even hard to, to, to know what to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad we're going there. <laughs> so glad we're going there. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So first of all, I want to say that I don't have an opinion one way or another, right? So I don't have like enough information. I've I haven't done enough research to say this is this and this is that, and this is right. And this is wrong and all of that. But 
what I would say is, is we need to all be fighting for everybody speaking their truth, everybody saying their opinion. Like this is a basic right is freedom of speech. And we have that taken away right now taken away on social media. Social media is supposed to be a platform of the people. It is not CNN. It is not the big uh, news outlets. This is people have their own account. It's like having their own little online space. That's their little online home. What I put in my home, on my front yard, whatever signs I put, that's my business, right? So the media is allowed to share whatever they want. We can have an opinion on them having only one-sided view on things and just perpetuating one single message. That's fine. That's their space. But when they start encringing on our space, that's when we need to, we need to say no. And that has nothing to do whether you believe in what people are saying or not. It has nothing to do whether it's fact or fiction, whether it's, you know, like someone going on a rant, whether it's even accurate, it's that person is entitled to do what they want on their space. Um, and I think we're getting into dangerous territory. And as you said, like there's Brian Rose, there's people, I've seen people's whole accounts removed because they were exposing things. Now, I understand their argument is that we don't want to give up false information, but there is tons of false information on the internet right now. And who is deciding what this false information is according to who? And I think that's when we need to start really utilizing our critical thinking because we're in a dangerous place right now where the media thinks that they can do the critical thinking for us. And not even that they can do the thinking for us is that they don't want us to do any of our own thinking. When you only give one message and this is the story, there and no room for questions. They're they're not inviting you to use your brain. That is should be an insult to your intelligence. That should be insulting your intelligence right now, and you should be offended for that alone. So I feel like on social media, it should be we should be able to say what we want, and we're not being able to say what we want, and that should raise some serious questions as to why. Why are they censoring people? Why are they banning people? Why is only one messaging going out? And if that doesn't lead to some conclusions of or some questions around, are they trying to control us? Then you're probably a lot more in it and a lot more um, brainwashed by the system than you think. And so I would really encourage people to step away for a second and start asking questions and I know there's so much information out there right now and it can become overwhelming. Um, do not be overwhelmed. This is not a time to be overwhelmed. If it gets overwhelming, step away for a second. But even if it gets overwhelming, don't just decide to surrender to the message that is being given to you. You are more powerful than that. Step away, rebalance yourself, get centered again, Remember who the F you are. Remember you are a divine being and you have a voice. And when you feel strong enough again, then start you know, taking in some more information. I think the, 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 the key here is really just taking care of yourself so that you can take on the complexities that are happening in this world because we need everybody on this planet right now to be strong enough to handle what's happening.
because when we don't feel strong enough, that's when we just surrender to the status quo. We just surrender. We're like, you know what? It's just easier. Let me just wear this mask. It's just easier. Just give me this vaccine. It's just easier. We cannot choose the easy path right now. Our children, our future is depending on what we do right now. And we all need to armor the F up. We need to armor up with our intelligence. We need to armor up with, you know, maintaining those emotions. And we need to armor up by taking care of ourselves and giving ourselves radical self-love right now, because that is what we need to move into this new space. And that is how we are going to not be swept up by what's happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. I went through an experience uh, back in March or April where I was posting a lot on Facebook, especially, you know, I was seeing a lot on Instagram. I was downloading those stories and videos and stuff and then posting it on Facebook. And yeah, it was a lot about uh, the 5G. It was a lot about, uh, you know, the vaccine. Uh, it was a lot about one world order. Uh, and again, a lot of the stuff that most of us don't know about or don't hear about because it's not on mainstream media. And, you know, as you mentioned, it being overwhelming. And so I was posting, like, for at least three weeks, I was just continuously posting uh, the, the other side of the story, you know, because we don't, we don't hear enough of it. But again, I got to a point where I was losing a lot of my energy to that information. And then mm -hmm. I actually started to feel, you know, what you feel when you watch TV every day, when you watch the news every day because a lot of the news is negative. Most of it is negative. A lot of it is assumptions. A lot of it isn't even factual. It's just what might happen. So it actually puts you in that fear state, puts you in that scarcity mindset. And you, that's how people are living on a low vibration because they're just so unconscious of what they're doing. They're so programmed because TV is a program. That's the whole point. And, and so I actually had to step away from that now I'm still seeing it on social. I don't market it on my platforms because, uh, you know, I really am about positivity and faith and hope and, uh, you know, providing that inspiration and motivation. Uh, but I, I understand your stance on it because, yeah, we are going through a powerful, you know, transition in, in human history where, you know, it is not about uh, stopping and, you know, hiding and, you know, not standing up for your, for your rights. Uh, but it is challenging at the same time that you can both be uh, lost in, if you're not on one side, you're on the other side. And how much or how do you really, really deeply know the truth when you're sitting on the outskirts? You know, you're mm -hmm. just seeing, you're seeing social media, you're seeing what's going on, you're seeing these posts and, but you're not actually there. Like, you know, it's kind of like going down the rabbit hole of, okay, where did that post come from? Who created that post? Where did that, who made it? And where did that person get that information from? And, and it's like, it's always third or fourth, fourth hand information. And, you know, do we really know the truth? I know you're putting the like pieces of the puzzle together for yourself to try and figure it out. Um, but yeah, you kind of get lost in that as well. And, um, and, and it's, it's challenging. It's challenging to not, yeah, not be overwhelmed, not lose yourself, not feel negative, not feel fearful of, oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, this is happening. Oh, you know, ch uh, children are being kidnapped and, and uh, you know, that whole Hollywood um, situation with, with um, 
the adrenochrome or whatever that is, you know, I've heard about that and that's like ridiculous. Like, it's just like, it, like I know I have friends that post about that stuff and I, 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 I believe that that's kind of stuff happens, you know? Uh, and, and it is this time, in, you know, in human history that that kind of stuff stops because it's ridiculous. Yeah. So first of all, like so grateful for this conversation and okay. So you said for a couple of weeks you were posting and all of that. So first of all, thank you. Thank you. Because I know it, it is draining. It is draining. And so even though you did it for three weeks, like if you just made someone just question the mainstream or just question in, in general, or just made them be more curious than it was worth it because that's what that's the whole for me that's what it's all about it's not about pointing fingers because this is this is a dangerous zone that we get into when we start going down the rabbit hole is we want to blame people and the moment we blame people we've lost our way we're no longer in our light we are we are in our light when we can when we can see the terrible things that are happening um, and we can still hold love and compassion for everybody involved, right? And so I totally feel you that it gets heavy. Like I went through a period as well where I was just overwhelmed by it all. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And then as you said, there's a lot of it, like we can't validate anything. We can't validate anything. Yet we can't validate most things that is happens on mainstream media, yet we accept it as truth, exactly. right? So, so we can't validate all this stuff on the other end that's, uh, you know, accusing all these like leaders of doing all these horrendous things. We can't, we can't validate all those things. So what I would say is to people who are feeling overwhelmed is number one, if you are feeling overwhelmed, step away and take care of yourself first. Make yourself feel good do what it takes to feel good like don't put pressure on yourself that you need to do something right now so go for a walk like spend time with your family your partner whatever makes you feel good and when you are ready and when you're feeling whole enough then i would invite you to ask more questions and that's just it like for me it's not about saying is this true and da 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 da, da because that just creates I don't want to create more division and arguments because that's really what's happening here is we're so divided. And when we're so divided and exhausted from all the information that we're accumulating, we are not at our highest self. Like we cannot show up at our highest level. We cannot have high level conversations when we're feeling depleted like that. And that's kind of what is the goal of the whole mainstream is that like keep shutting people down from their voices and exhaust them. That's literally one of the strategies is exhaust them, make them feel crazy, make them feel left out. People will question them. People will be like, you're crazy. People, one of our core human needs is connection. Like mm -hmm. once we start feeling disconnected from the people around us and we're starting to feel judged, all of a sudden we're not in our power anymore. And so what I would say is maybe it's not about choosing sides. Like I'm not about choosing sides. But my whole thing is this, we are spiritual beings, right? So there's this thing right now in the spiritual world. It's like, just focus on your vibration, just focus on your vibration, just meditate and focus on your vibration. And I think that is number one, the most important thing you can do. But I would also say that you came here to have a human experience. 
So yes, we are spiritual beings, but we we're having this human experience. So I will refer to Jesus, for example. He was one of the greatest leaders and healers of our time, but well, of all time, right? And that's if you ask anybody, I'm not religious, but I know that just from understanding who he was and what he did. And so we we aspire to be someone like Jesus. Mm. Now Jesus this he he didn't have any sin. He was just he was magnificent in his being right but he went out and he was with the lepers and he was out and he was with the prostitutes he was out and he was connecting and he was healing he came down from heaven to do that right like that was that's the message of christianity he came here to to save us right but he didn't do it just sitting on his own praying he went out into the people so mm. what i would say spiritual leaders is no pressure, absolutely no pressure, my loves. But at the same time, when you feel strong to go out and do your piece, now your piece could be just to say, oh, this is interesting article or whatever, and not take sides. I wouldn't say to take sides because that is polarizing. And if you don't want to create more division in this world, what we want is for people to step into their light. What we want is people to do their own thinking without pointing fingers and without making people like one of the things I don't resonate with, even though I, I, I have a lot of questions around vaccine safety is I don't agree with you know, making fun of and attacking Bill Gates. I don't see how that is helpful. I don't see how that's helpful. What I do see as helpful is, hey guys, well, what is the protocol for um, vaccine testing? Oh, can we understand what that is? Ask questions about the situation. Let's stop pointing fingers at the people and start attacking the problem. The problem in that situation is vaccine safety. Let's let's focus on that. Let's focus on creating a better situation around that rather than villainizing people. Because when we start villainizing people, and I understand people are angry, but when we start villainizing people, we've, we're no longer in our light. Um, so I think like from the perspective of, don't be inundated 100%. If this is overwhelming for you, then I would really suggest to step away. And when it becomes overwhelming for me, I do step away. If I'm not feeling in my power and if I'm not feeling in my light, and if I cannot look at a situation with love, then I it's not really in my best interest or for anybody's best interest for me to be in that space. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's again, it's, it's awareness, it's awareness of your energy. It's awareness of you uh, as an individual of, of what you need to, again, to, to live on that high vibration or that high altitude, because mm -hmm. there are certain things that you do on a daily basis that suck your energy, you know, <laughs> they, they, yeah. drain, they drain you. And so the more in tune you are with yourself and what you need for you to be your best self, uh, you know, then you'll be able to manage that effectively. Mm -hmm. but, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot going on. And I mean, even being in Australia uh, and, and most of the stuff that we're hearing about is in North America. And so uh, everyone who's uh, seeing this kind of information, even if you're seeing it for the first time, it's like, what the hell? Really? Oh my God. And so you get invested in it, but also you're able to, to especially even if you're in Europe or, or in South Africa, uh, or Africa, uh, in Australia, you kind of go, you can go step back and go, well, it's nothing, nothing's happening here. So why well, we don't need to worry about it, you know? 
Um, and so that's also the stance that people can have as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I find that that's a lot of people's stance is if it's not happening specifically to you, then um, you kind of get disassociated from it. And what I would say to people who feel like this doesn't involve them, um, again, it's all about being curious and about, well, like there's a lot of things happening right now that appear to be affecting only a small group of people when really it's systemic. Mm. So systemic and global. And what we have to understand that the U.S. is a leader in regards to a lot of things. So a lot yeah. of things that become, you know, normal there get spread out to the rest of the world. Like mm-hmm. if we want to look at even a conversation that Bill Gates had, he was talking about, you know, we can't go back to normal or life as we know it until, you know, seven or eight billion people, however many what the global population is, are vaccinated. So that sounds like a very just casual comment, but what did, what are the what are the implications of that? So does that mean the vaccine will be mandated? And in which case, um, do we have a choice? And how, what are the, again, going back to the protocol, what are the protocol in regards to the safety of vaccines? And once you look at that information, again, this isn't um, conspiracy theory. This is fact. You can hear them negotiating these, um, debating this. This is common knowledge that vaccines don't have stringent testing processes. They basically give 48 hours between when they inject the the vaccine and they say anything that happens outside of the 48 hours is not considered to be a side effect of the vaccine. Well, that sounds ridiculous. Um, So, and then after the vaccine has been expedited and now it's, it's, it's given to the masses, they don't go back and retest that. Vaccines that have been implemented years ago, they don't go back and retest those vaccines. So there's things that appear to be, oh, it's just affecting this person. It doesn't affect me. But we have to understand that our compliance is kind of signing right now this contract that we're not even aware. Our silence is signing a contract. We're signing away our freedoms by just not being, um, not being curious because a lot of us are too scared to look because a lot of us are too in our own drama and our own, we are in survival. And again, no judgment, like I effing feel you. There's people who have lost jobs. There's parents who are, have their kids home. There's there like with no escape. There's, you know, businesses that have shut down. Like there are so many things happening. There's actually people sick with the coronavirus. Like there's so many things happening in people's personal lives that I have absolutely no judgment for people who are like, this is too heavy and it's, it's too hard. But what I want people to recognize is recognize what the, what the, what the payoff is. Yes, I see that it's overwhelming and that it's hard, but just be cognizant of what's actually happening in this world right now. And that one day we will look back on this and we will wonder what our role was and will you be happy and will you be okay with the role that you played in this? Because these, this is a transformational time. And it's so funny that I'm having this conversation with, with you, Luke, because you have no idea how far away this is from what I usually talk about. Um, I have a research background. I did four years of a PhD. I understand scientific method. I am very rigorous. I am not someone 
like when people first brought some of this information to me, I was that person. Well, where did this come from? How do you know that wasn't doctored? How do you know this? That looks fake to me. Like I had that argument about everything that was presented to me. But what I did was I stepped away and I, I tapped into my heart space and I asked what feels true to me. And what came through for me was just I can't say definitively that this exactly is happening and this amount of people this or this exact person, but what came through for me was something's not right and we need to be asking more questions. That's all that came through. That's the only clarity that I have. I can't tell you for sure that, you know, of this and that and all these plans and, and definitively that's what people are out to do to us. But what came through was something is not right. We need to get curious. And then you can't shut up everybody you can't for, for you can't stop everybody from asking questions and again it's coming from a place of love and curiosity and just being like hmm i wonder can someone provide some clarity around this rather than attacking people yeah i feel you there you know again people have a lot of trust and faith in in the in the higher power you know and that may be the government you know a lot of people have been relying on that and a lot of people who are just in the matrix uh, and living just day by day and, and uh, you know, consuming mainstream media, they have a lot of belief in the system, right? And, and so that basically, you know, really controls how they uh, act, how they live, how they believe. So when there's a opportunity that comes from the, the higher power that says, hey, take this vaccine, it will help you. There's no questions, you know? Mm. Uh, and I think that's the that's the struggle for the majority of people, you know, because you want to believe that the higher power is doing the right thing, you know. So but yeah, so much uh, so much uh, information there, and, and I know it's very insightful, and I'm sure people will take away, uh, especially you know, you you're speaking a lot from again coming back to your heart, uh, speaking from a spiritual sense and spiritual essence of understanding that we are divine beings and we are. Uh, a spiritual beings living a human experience and again being able to to connect with that power uh you know yeah. definitely has uh you know it's it's form of allowing you to 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 live uh the, the right way you know when you're tuned in so yeah. uh you know I, I, yeah go on Sorry, I was just going to borrow one of the quotes that you were talking about that I thought was really applicable to this. You were talking about how people, like we were talking about people in bad relationships or whatever, and we were talking about comfort zones. And it's about the unknown. So even though a lot of us are in pain right now, whether we've lost our jobs, whether we might not agree with what's happening in the world right now, um, it's comfortable. It's the known. Like we have trust in our government because we've trusted them all of our lives. Sure. What is other piece? If all of a sudden we decide to not trust them, who do we trust? It's that layer of uncertainty. It's the unknown that people are more scared of. Mm. A lot of people are in pain, but they would rather stay in the pain of trusting this system that may or may not have their best interest in at heart. Um, it, for them, even though it could, it could, we could be in all kinds of pain. We could be forced to do all sorts of things. And there will be people who will still hold on to know this is best for us only because they're afraid of what the unknown is. And that's why I think it's, it's, it's a time for people right now to really step into their personal development and really step into their power. Because when you step into your power, you don't fear. Like, I'm not afraid of what's going to happen anymore because 
what's going to happen is what's going to happen. And all I can do is my piece. And, and my piece is just to help people who need help right now, support them and ask some questions. And so I, yeah, I just wanted to throw in that little analogy because I think it's really applicable here about us just being so scared of the unknown. We would rather stay in a comfort zone, even if the comfort zone is not ideal. Yeah, it is. It is a challenge. It's a challenge all over the, the, the whole spectrum of this human experience. You know, now you can question yourself and go, yeah, am I doing my part? Am I playing small? Am I, can I be doing more? Uh, you know, I have this saying that, you know, all you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough, but make sure that you do all you can do. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ask yourself that question today. Are you doing all you can do, uh, you know, in, in your whole life, in every area? And I think there's a lot of parts of our lives that we can do more. So, uh, you know, it's just about, you know, connecting with that part of yourself and saying, you know, what, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I can actually focus more on that and, and be better or show up. Uh, you know, you know, with a better light, you know, so it's, um, yeah, it's interesting to, to, to talk about this. I, I don't talk about this much either. You know, I'm, I'm more, uh, you know, in tune with, uh, you know, personal growth and, uh, you know, connecting with your purpose and, and your heart center and, and being open to, uh, you know, sharing your story and, and being vulnerable in that sense, because, uh, you know, that is the, the driver and the connector to majority of us who are struggling or dealing with our own challenges of life every single day, because really it is a challenge. It, it's not easy, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's great to shine some light uh, on, on that topic. Marsha, uh, you know, you've, you've really uh, woken, work, I'm sure you've woken me up, you've woken uh, all the people who are listening, I'm sure, with, with so much power and wisdom and, you know, especially being the 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 woman that you are to to show up and and go through all of those experiences uh and now actually as you mentioned you know the healing journey is a continuous journey i believe it's not a destination and you're continuously working on yourself and because you're doing that you're now able to give back and pay it forward and you know i truly believe that healed people heal people and so it's a blessing to have you in this space of of being a coach and being someone who can shine lights and, and, and help people, inspire people, empower people to, you know, come back to themselves, come back to their heart and, and to live their best life. And, you know, that I'm sure as I know myself being a coach is a very fulfilling experience for myself, but to see the transformations and breakthroughs, with your clients, with people that you connect with. And so I just want to acknowledge you for the work that you do, as well as being a mother, uh, a wife, uh, and just showing up from all of your adversity and, and taking action and, and making an impact on the world. So, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and I'm receiving. And I also want to acknowledge you and the work that you do and holding this space, you know, and, and as a man showing up in, in the way that you are, you know, and showing a level of vulnerability. And I think, you know, I'm really grateful that we're moving towards recognizing men who open up in the way that you're doing and the the way you're speaking and speaking from your heart, that that is 
powerful and that is so masculine and that's very attractive and i'm so grateful you know that that you're doing this and i'm i'm so grateful for the opportunity of of coming on your show and and sharing what i can and i hope i was of service um yeah and so i'm well receiving everything you said that was really beautiful and i'm i'm throwing that all right back at you as well and for all the amazing work that you're doing Thank you so much. I received that as well. You know, giving starts the receiving process. And that was just a pure example. Perfect. Yeah. You know, totally. uh, but yeah, Marsha, look, before we go, it's been a blessing talking to you, sharing this space. It's been amazing. I'm inspired by your work. I have one final question for you. What is your definition of loving yourself? Loving yourself is accepting every part of yourself, including the darkness. Amazing. Enough said. Thank you so much, Marshall. That's, that's that's powerful stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's it's been so great. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share this with a friend or on your social platforms, and leave a rating on the Apple Podcast app. This really helps us and means the universe to me and my team. For more dope content and motivation on how you can live the life of your dreams, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. I am Luke Mindpower, the ultimate success coach. And if you want to find your power and purpose in life, simply visit my website, lukemindpower.com for more info on how I can help you 10x your success. Sending you super love and positive energy. Peace. I'll talk to you soon.